You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. to our season three wrap-up. Let's go! Woo, baby! It's over. It's done. That's what I'm talking about. We're never doing it again. It's gone forever. (laughs) It's gone forever. We're deleting the entire season after we release this. Yes, delete your art. (laughs) Get it in. Always delete your art. It's like that one Banksy thing in the shredder. Yes. (laughs) Yeah, no, literally. So enjoy it while it lasts. Uh, Cram all, like, you know, 160 (laughs) hours, however long the season is, uh, in while you can. Um, Oh, it's a lot. I mean, like, it's probably, so what, it's 46 episodes. We can, like, at least an hour and a half for each episode. So, like, over over 100 for sure. Yeah. Probably close to 115, 130. Um, get it all in. Yeah. Do just, do it, just do it real quick. <laughs> do it real quick. Um, amazing. Welcome to our wrap-up discussion, Q&A, whatever you want to refer to this as. Um, we have gathered so many questions from our Discord server. So we're going to discuss those questions that we've been sent on our Discord server um, but first, before that, a quick little disclaimer. For the past two seasons, we've had a trailer to drop on these wrap-up episodes. We don't have a trailer for you today. Um, but we do have some piece of information that we haven't released yet, which is our season four DM is going to be, you probably already guessed it, the one and only Amelia Som. Wait, since when? Was I supposed to be <laughs> prepping? For another season. Yeah, did I not, did you not get the memo fellas. on that? No. Do we need to do we need to work that out? We start oh recording god. tomorrow. Oh my god, was anyone gonna tell me? <laughs> you didn't now get I the feel like an first. asshole. I sent I sent the carrier five. pigeon two weeks ago. It didn't reach you. <laughs> did it not show up? <laughs> Rob's you like, know they're unreliable then. this time of year. 
just just bring Telemax back inexplicably so we can draw out the story a little longer <laughs> to stall for time. Hey, Han? Yeah, what's up? You know how I told you you could say things about season four? Uh-huh. Can I just can I just say the things instead? Yeah, go for it. Absolutely. Please take the wheel. Okay. So a fun thing about season four is that it is D D five E because I have specific things I want to do in a f- system that I am familiar with. Uh I I think uh, granted, I don't I haven't listened to every single piece of media out there that is set in D and D five E or other systems. I thought you had. No, believe it or not, I haven't. I'm not really a big fan of uh, tabletop role-playing games, actually. You did it's, watch I, it's all just, of Critical business. in like one summer, though, right? In oh, I watched it at a rate amount. of like 40 hours a week. It took me... Uh, I only had to slow down because classes started. Um, <laughs> I remember I watched, that. I remember you telling me about that. Yeah. Uh, but that was just for a bit. I don't. I didn't actually enjoy it. <laughs> I just watched 500 hours of content for Sometimes no the pandemic brought weird things out of us all. And yeah, <laughs> sitting down. Oh, no, that was 2018. Yeah. Oh. Uh, yeah, know. I also once watched nine seasons of Supernatural in two weeks because uh, I, did I saw like a, a gift yeah. where demon, <laughs> Dean was a demon. And I was, because all I knew about it was from Tumblr, of course. And I was like, hmm. I don't think that's supposed to happen. So I just binged all nine seasons so I could figure out what the fuck is going on, you know, like a normal person. Yeah, again, si- similar to Critical Role, did not enjoy any of that. You just had to know. It was just purely an, uh, an inquisition for knowledge. Listen, that <laughs> was actually, that, that was brute force. I'd love to hate on it. My, um, no, my high school self would tell you that, oh my God, it's the first five seasons that are good and then the rest of them suck. Spoiler alert. No, but First anyway, five ahead. seasons. Anyway, there's like so, thirteen. Anyway, thirteen tell, seasons. Please tell me about season four. Why? I don't care about Supernatural. <laughs> Let's talk about season seven because that was the one where they just kept making dick jokes. <laughs> I, like, like the I bad guy's name was Richard, and and like there was a news thing, and it was like the rise of dick. <laughs> <laughs> and it go in, gonna grab yourself a handful of dick, and you're just gonna choke. <laughs> It's time for a rewatch, anyway, I think. Um, so oh, season so four of Guildfellows so is what we're talking about now. Um, the whole point of that, I had a tangent <laughs> I was going on. So as we've established, I've never consumed any tabletop content ever. Again, this has all just been a bit. I barely, I've never even played either, frankly. I've just been making it up. That's true. Which apparently is half of D&D anyway. <laughs> Um, I I feel pretty comfortable in saying that this structure and format will be unlike anything you have ever listened to. Ooh. Like it's it's got to be, right? Um, yeah, it has. As to far be. as I'm aware, yeah. Yeah, anyways, it's a level 20 campaign. They're all going to be level 20. It's going to be D&D and it's going to be hot. So I fucking hope so. Um, yeah, that's all I'm gonna tell you. And then my normal precursor for whenever I DM things. Uh, one thing I really enjoyed about uh, this season is Rob's ability to do such. You actually all of y'all like do such unique, interesting character voices and keep them all straight and have these wonderful in character conversations. I don't do that 
I'm not good <laughs> at that and I'm not going to try. So we're just going to go on vibes <laughs> and we're all going to have a good time. Well, I mean, as long that as... I mean, that, you, that sounded so like not ominous but the way you like your body language made me scared the way you said that when you said it's all vibes that made that like all vibes uh, <laughs> that's uh no, is this a hint uh um so a fun thing about me is i'm really good at hidden role games and it's not because I'm a really good liar. It's because I am equally as bad at telling the truth as I am at lying <laughs> when the pressure is on. So my baseline is fine because the vibes are just all over the place and it works out. Uh, so yeah, you don't have anything to like worry about. It's just like a cool, normal D&D campaign. It's also unlike any campaign you've ever listened to. Yeah, pretty low expectations, I think. After, pretty low expectations. Um, amazing. Well, I'm more excited than ever. I'm hoping it's going to be just as good, if not better, than all of our seasons previously. I think it will. Um, not to, like, you know, dish on anyone, but, like, we've only been getting better. We know this. We've talked yeah. about this. We've only... No pressure on me. Thank you We've only for that. had an, an upwards trajectory. Um, yeah. but Mills, I do believe that you can and will do anything that you set your heart and mind to, so that there's that. You do have the power of your friends believing in you. Yeah, I, I am also God's favorite. That is true. I also know that to be true. <laughs> um, well, I've watched a lot of Yu-Gi-Oh, and when you have the power of friendship, you can you like, can do anything. Do anything. Yeah. You can pull a card that's not been. You got printed the heart yet. of the cards. Like, you got power heart of the cards. friends by your side. You got you got your your. Mills set. is fucking invincible next year. <laughs> you got a day old glass of wine. <clears throat> that's amazing. <laughs> I love that for you. It's Wednesday. <laughs> it's Wine Wednesday. Don't give it's me that. Wine look. Wednesday. I thought you were. I thought you were saying it's Wednesday, like Amelia. It's no, Wednesday. No. No. Which, to be fair, I just poured myself a large glass of wine last night, and I fell asleep before I finished it, which I don't think has ever happened in my life. I'm fascinated by this development and behavior. I've done that many times, but I don't like not finishing alcohol. It's expensive. That's true. Well, now that we have talked about that, hopefully now everyone is hyped for season four. Um, we're going to be taking off the rest of December. This will hopefully be going up Friday the 16th. Right now it's Wednesday the 14th. Um, so hopefully this will be posted this week. We're going to be off for the rest of December. We are going to be back sometime in January, probably late January, Mills? Yeah. Late January, early February. That's our promise. That's a Guildfellows promise. That's a Guildfellows promise. Whatever the fuck that means. <laughs> uh, great. So and a Guildfellows promise means nobody gets left behind <laughs> or forgotten. <laughs> or forgotten. <laughs> exactly. Um. Cool. So before we dive like straight into questions, I kind of just want to get a sense of like. How do we think the finale went of season three? By the way, season three spoilers, of course. Like, if you if you haven't finished the season, don't listen to this episode. But, yeah. Um, <clears throat> but um, I want to get a sense of how everyone think thinks we wrapped up characters, how we wrapped up story, um, just kind of overall season three impressions. 
Does anyone have any strong feelings that they would like to get out? Does anyone want to say fuck you to anybody else for anything? <laughs> Those are the strongest yeah, feelings, Ellen... so we gotta get them out of the way first. <laughs> not letting Ellen and Akka be together? Okay. That's... Fuck my fucking heart. Okay. I'm... <laughs> no, go not that I have a horse in this race. <laughs> I, you can't entirely be mad at Rob about that. That's a lot, me. I'm not gonna lie. No, yeah, that's... I, I did not orchestrate really that. But for the record, I do think do it makes it. way more sense for them to not be together. But yeah. that's just because I don't no, know. No, so I, yeah, I'm, here's... I'm team. I'm team himbo. I guess. Here's, here's my. Here's my. I'm also like, Cecil. So yeah. Here's yeah, my please. thoughts on all of that. Cecil's I... just your self insert. <laughs> don't do it. <laughs> don't don't hook up with her. You're gonna regret it. Um, I have two sides of me when it comes to two Ellen wolves, Akala. if you will. <laughs> two wolves inside of me when it comes to the gay relationship of Ellen fingers, so I remember my thought. <laughs> um, the fan side of me, the person that ships Ellen Akala is devastated. However, the creator side of me, the writer side of me, thinks that this is the best case scenario. And I think everyone can agree with that. Like, they're both going to be happier this way. I mean, at least Akla's going to be happier this way. I can't talk for Elle, but I know Akla will. And that makes me, as her creator, like, satisfied. I'm sad. Like, again, the fan side of me, devastated. I was depressed for a long time <laughs> whenever I, like, ha- finally hit me. They're like, oh, no, they're not going to be together. Um... Yeah, yeah, it was a lot. It was a lot. It felt like a real breakup to me for like a, a minute there. It was like, because I like put a lot of uh, heart and soul into Akala, obviously. Um, so I, I was feeling real feelings for, for a while there. But like, it's it's this was the best case scenario. Like, take it from me, take it from maybe Mills. This was the best case scenario, probably. What I yeah. like about it, too... I'll be I'll be brief because I no yeah you go I um, have my fingers crossed I'm not gonna forget this got you um, what I like about it too is that like way more so than like the Padme Anakin romance I feel like the romance between Akala and L like really embodied like all of the good and bad of like why Jedi shouldn't have like romantic like love relationships with other people especially other Jedi because it like makes things like dying in the line of duty like a huge risk factor for the like the Jedi that's in love with you to just like completely like lose sight of who they are, which is exactly what happened. And then like that makes the redemption amazing and also like patterns character growth. And so it all like very thematically felt true to life and also like true to the Jedi. But what were you gonna say, Mills? I was gonna say a few things. <laughs> yeah, go on. Um so I think <laughs> I think one thing it's very interesting. I'm in some ways every single character you make is a self insert, at least of a part of yourself that you're putting into there. And I feel like me and Han mirrored in Akala and L in the way that Han was like, I have these pages of backstory <laughs> and they're in love and it's meaningful. And when he died, I felt it break. And I was just kind of like yeah, no, I think they definitely had, like, a thing for each other. <laughs> and it was also a realization for me once I realized, like, how 
much you cared about this relationship where I was like, ah, shit, I've gotten in too deep. Which is the same as L when Aglo went dark side. And I was like, ah, shit, I fucked up. Oh my god. that I didn't really think about it that way before, but the idea of L was just like the boyfriend that got so overcommitted way too fast of just like... like yeah, it's like genuinely like... Yeah, he loves her. There's a part of him that will always love her, but was also like, like, that's the thing. And I don't, I mean, obviously, I don't want to like throw Agala under the bus here. No, it's like do. the last thing I want to do. But I'm just saying, Ellen Agala could have been together if someone could have kept their shit aligned to the light side <laughs> while doing so. That was the thing. Oh my God. Yeah. It was a lot. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's like, I re- I really and truly did. I have sorry. I, just I mean, I um I have I don't know how many documents, Google documents <laughs> about Akala. Partially for my own I have benefit. Like six text to Rob <laughs> about L. I so Akala's ba- entire backstory is like five pages single spaced. Um and then I have Come on, Google. Give me what I want, please. I have like five Google accounts. Okay, while you're doing that, I'm just gonna talk to the crowd. Um, please do. Not the second. I don't know. Something you said reminded me. And when I was a kid, because you know I grew up to Oklahoma and I grew up listening to country <laughs> music, and the song "God Lover" <laughs> came into my head, and I was just like, "Oh my God, that's Ellen Ackles." <laughs> <laughs> But worse and oh better. My God. Um, so yeah, I have one, two, three, four different Google Docs, just me writing about Akala, <clears throat> all for all for separate reasons. One of them is my backstory. One of them was like me trying to get into her head as a character. One of them is her epilogue, and one of them was the prep document I made for um, the Akala episode. I have thought so much about this fucking girl. And, like, also another thing I want to point out is that this is my only D&D campaign I have going. So I have the ability to put all of my heart and soul into one thing. Mills (laughs) are scattered all over the place. So, like... (laughs) No, because literally, literally stuff would happen in Guildfellows. And I would be like, okay, now I'm obsessing over Ellen Akala. And then, like, two days later, I was like, fuck, now I have another campaign to obsess (laughs) over. And so I'm just, like, every three, two to three days, just switching between all my blurbs. Cycling, Weirdly enough, all of my D&D characters seem to have a lot going on. (laughs) Crazy. I don't know how that keeps happening. You are like the most, like, I think per what we've been talking about of like Elle's blase nature and how that's sort of like a reflection of your personality. You have this uncanny, like very specific Pokemon nature that is like understated drama queen. That is just like attracts attention by being very chill and like a very like warped Set. Like, I don't even know. Yeah, but, like, that's how L is. And I adored uh, destroying your worldview every, like, six episodes or so. That was very fun. <laughs> yeah. At no point did I know what was going on. I didn't even know L fucking died. I was just like, yeah, he fell off a cliff. And someone nursed him back to health. And meanwhile, Rob, sitting behind the metaphorical DM screen, is like, he, 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 he was dead the whole time. <laughs> you are <actually>. space Jesus. <laughs> space Jesus yeah. before, before it was cool. 
before Anakin took it. Yeah, if you think about it, well, if you think about it, Jesus is also space Jesus because he just died. We're in space. <laughs> yeah, like, as I far mean, as yeah. anyone else, L was also just on some planet. <laughs> Anakin didn't even technically die. <laughs> True. Um, anyway, well, uh, other thoughts about the finale uh, outside of, of yeah, not, go for it. Uh, well, I was actually gonna, I was, I don't know. I, I, it's, it's weird for me to even like think about it and like think about it objectively just because it's like the culmination of like two years of my own work. And it's like, I'm immensely proud and happy, but it's kind of hard for me to like, I don't know. I'm just like very satisfied with it. It's hard for me to like analyze it right now, I guess. I, I think you did like. The one thing that I, uh, uh, that came to my mind just now is, like, the way that, like, um, like, first of all, this season was supposed to be, like, originally, when we were thinking about the idea for the season, this was supposed to be, like, a 10-episode, like, quick thing that we did before, before Rob went to law school. Yeah, because it'd be so hard to be in law school and DMing at the same time. Like, that'd be such a time commitment. Yeah. Like, who would do that to themselves? (laughs) I feel like we we say there's the blend was for it to be fewer episodes every time we talk about this. No, I think I think it really <laughs> we was. Literally, this was supposed to be a one shot. It's supposed to be three max. to four hours max. In and out, fifteen minute adventure. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I well, I, what happened is that like basically, I guess like to kind of pull back the curtain on like the whole big picture of what this season was the initial pitch in my mind was like after kind of pulling the group and talking about what we wanted to do the feedback i got was if we're going to do star wars we want it to be in a city that's going to be a campaign that is going to be heavy on the combat um cool flashy have all kind of the star wars camp but otherwise be like sort of a mystery uh, like adventure story and so like the the whole like first half of the season of like the bounty to retrieve Oko Valneem and like the whole thing with the red ma and the hive that was all planned like basically like as we recorded episode one at least like more or less like a lot of things got filled in as we went um, but when we kind of got to that end point like Akala had fallen to the dark side and there was still more artifacts out there. Yeah, that was and... the point I was going to make is that the the end goal like changed a couple times, but like it it worked out because like the way that things were spun, it just ended up like being a stepping stone to Telemax. Well, and the end goal like kept widening the scope. Yeah. Yeah, that too. Yeah, um, because that was also one thing that I was very conscious of when planning was that, like, I knew that the main problem with Star Wars is that, like, Star Wars movies do a great job of making the world feel big and real and, like, immense, but do a very bad job of actually, like, showcasing interesting places in that world. And some of that is, like, the practicalities of Hollywood of, like, it's much easier to just say something's in a big fuck-off desert and have the fact that it's in the future mean very little except for when you're in the spaceship. And so, like... Okay, to be fair, it is very famously a long time ago and not set in the future. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, you say that, but there's interdimensional or there's not there's interstellar travel. So like it's also the future. It's like it's so back in the <laughs> past that it's the future, all right? Listen, time However is, you want to work that out, sure. <laughs> time is a flat circle. Um it doesn't matter. Uh but like yes, like the the fact that like Star Wars is supposed to be this hyper advanced society capable of immense technological feats means that you kind of have to open the world up slowly and set up a lot of context for like what's going on or else it feels kind of like like hollow a little bit like i didn't want this to feel like disneyland i wanted it to feel like you guys had a home in the world and like had a stake in what was going on and that we didn't get too big too quick so that it wouldn't feel like we're just like kind of gallivanting um in sort of a Star Warsy way, so um, yeah, I'm I'm glad that it felt that sense of progression. But yeah, it was it definitely takes time to do that, um, and yeah, it definitely got longer than anticipated by a, a wide margin. Yeah, and I I don't think that was negative on on the pacing at all because yeah, like we went from, you know. Um, fighting under a city to going to another planet to search for information to then it like a, a interplanetary like chase and then the final battle on like a, a dead planet dead city dead empire yeah all those things yeah essentially but yeah no it, it i think it really ended up working out yeah well good well cool well should we get to some specific questions and yeah make yeah. our way through yeah 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 um, okay, so this first question I think we talked about a little bit in our mid-season wrap-up, and I think our thoughts are going to be pretty much the same. Um, my biggest question for you guys is simply, how do you enjoy Star Wars 5e compared to regular 5e? Um, also, do you plan on playing other systems in the future? Um, yeah, so our, our thoughts on Star Wars 5e, again, we I think we covered this a little bit last Q&A, but... Um, Basically, our consensus, I think, is it's good for what it is. It's good yep. for, like, it's not, like, a profit-driven organization. It's made by fans. Um, it is basically a Star Wars skin of the 5e world, which, I mean, I guess is right there in the name, Star Wars 5e. Um, but, yeah, there are so, there are some flaws and there are some improvements, like, flaws being that, like, there are some things that are not super clear. There are some things that are overly complicated. There are some things that are just like missing from the system. But then there's also like the different, uh, the force casting system, which they don't use spell slots. They use force points, which is like a different way of spell casting, not taken directly from 5e. Um, but then at the same time, they do like, they don't have a straight up like force check. All those force checks that we've ever made have been homebrew. That's yeah, not on it's, the character it's sheet. weird because the Arcana stat is just like not really a thing in this homebrew for whatever reason. Like yeah. just like who knows? So we basically just made it our own stat that felt like it made sense. Mm. Um, yeah, I, I agree there. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I the whole time I that was my biggest shock when I first pulled it up was there's not a force check. Like I, I feel like that would be the first thing I would do if I were making Star Wars Five E. <laughs> I think one thing that I didn't have any insight to last time that I do this time, because like for the most part, I just looked up stuff relative to my character class. And so I hadn't really dug into any of the other things. Um, and we kind of got onto it when we got ship combat. 
um, and like the different specializations. I really liked that. I thought that was really cool. Um, and I would love to learn more about like the armor specializations and things. Again, that wasn't super relevant. And I don't think I'm not mad that I didn't look into it beforehand because I think it would have been distracting early on, especially with the character that I built. Like L was not interested in figuring these things out was just kind of there. Um, but I, I do think there are some really cool uh, like mechanics in that that I would like to sort of look at. It does have the same issue that I have with um, D&D where like D&D doesn't price magical items and this also likewise doesn't price augmentations, which makes less sense to me because I feel like Star Wars has a very established like currency and system and there's a lot of lore that you could figure out about how much things would cost. But that's one thing that always is like frustrating is because it's just like, oh, you know, just pick what makes sense in your world. And I'm like, bitch, I don't know. <laughs> um, also, some of the pricings for the items, like when we were shopping, I would look at them and I'd be like, this economy like is insane. Like some things ca- are like dirt cheap where I'm like, that should be like a thousand credits. And there's certain yeah. things that like you would think would be so expensive that you could just buy at Walmart. And I'm just like, right. I don't understand, which is why I, I just make up the prices based on what I think they're worth. Because I gave you guys a million dollars, but you're not going to spend all of this. So Yeah. So I was like, <laughs> uh, yeah, whatever. But yeah. Well learned. But, I would agree yeah. on the I w- currency there. <laughs> yeah. I will say I did enjoy it. I think I would like to play it if I played it again. Honestly, I would probably look at other sci-fi systems if I were like running or playing something else, but I I think I would kind of just want to play it in like a non like performance setting where I can just kind of sit with the rules and really hash things out because that's how I like crunch. Yeah, um, I I also enjoy crunch, but I also don't enjoy crunch on air because it's yeah. stressful. Um, yeah, and it doesn't doesn't always sound great, and that's kind of the big reason why ship combat wasn't more prevalent because one i wanted us to play for a while before we got there so it wasn't like too much too quick but also because like like it's hard to plan and you like i feel like in one season of like 40 episodes you get like one maybe two long ship battle episodes yeah people are like we're yeah. good. Yeah. You know, let's get back to the gay romance. And so like <laughs> <laughs> And ours was very um our ship combat was very like abbreviated, right? Like we didn't or you uh, made like an abbreviated system for I it. I basically just simplified a lot of the mechanics around like how power works and how like some of the ship systems work, just so it wasn't so confusing. Um and also just so, like, it could be more exciting because we wouldn't get, like, bogged down on, like, the minute details of, like, how much generator power your ship <laughs> engines have. You know, it's just like, yeah. like fuck that. Like, we're not going to do it. And I think that's one thing that the system did pretty well for, for me and my, my own enjoyment, uh, especially as getting to Captain the Thorn. Uh, during the ship combat because it was you got to take all of this information and all these possibilities and there was a lot and rob you know shrank it down to be more uh, digestible and easier for us to uh to communicate about and 
so there were if there's a certain gap i could just like make it up <laughs> i'm pretty sure it's at least some part i was like shift power and we have thrusters and uh, aim at this digo shoot at the you know and um that's some of the most fun i've had it like probably the most fun i had this season <laughs> was getting to bark orders to to everybody on this ship with absolute sci-fi gibberish it was <laughs> it was a blast yeah that's Rama's <laughs> vibe it was it was it was a lot of fun. That's um, I think at the end of the first time we did it, the end of the episode, um, we ended it for before I thought we would because Rob's like, and anyway, as Rob is feeling as ele- <laughs> feeling as element as he's captaining the ship, we'll have to go. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it was a really good template to sort of buffet option what you like and make a really fun system. Yeah, I agree. Uh, funny story, actually, someone on Twitter reached out to our podcast account and was like, have you guys done any episodes about ship combat yet? We're trying to figure it out and we, we can't figure it out. And at that point we hadn't, so I was like, no, sorry. Um, so it's like, it's, it's, it's a struggle for everyone playing this, but, um, yeah, it was, it ended up, I think, working out really well with how we did it. Um, cool. Anyone else have any? Star Wars 5e, general thoughts? Nope. Cool. So this next question is about the Aqua arc. Should I do it now or should I wait till later? Because I like I have a lot to talk about about Aqua. <laughs> um, um, how much is a lot? We got an hour. I mean, like, I can abbreviate it as just much as I an need hour. to. <laughs> like, I'm just saying, do we want to get like? Yeah, soapbox. Just go for it. Lay it down right. for us. That's I'm giving I'm taking that as permission to fucking just all right, go into all right. this. Well, okay, let, we, <laughs> we have some we have some, we have some leading questions here. So let's let's do this. Uh, did you have Agala's corruption or dark side arc planned during the beginning of the character? So the answer to that is both yes and no. For a couple of different reasons. Um like this is a whole like paragraph of questions that someone sent in. Um yeah. so like from from the beginning of uh, like, I always intended Akala to be a pretty, like, lawful good, light side only character. And I, I played that pretty strictly at the beginning. But always, like, in the back of my head, I was like, it might be fun to go, like, in a little dark side. Uh, it, might be, it, might be, it might be fun to do that. Yeah. Um, but I never brought it up to Rob because I didn't want him to try to shoehorn it in, like, just because I asked him to. So the first time it happened, I think, was with the ring. I think that was the first dark side Akala vision mm-hmm. where she saw herself maybe being evil. And um, I was so excited when that happened because I'd always had that idea in the back of my mind. I was like, well, maybe we could actually do this. Maybe we could actually, like, make her go dark side. Um, so, like, in that sense, like, no, we didn't have it planned at the beginning. Um I did have her depression planned at the beginning because of L, because of L's death, but um, it all ended up working out in the end, I guess. Um, so, like, yeah, I once those pieces kind of started falling into place, um, <clears throat> Rob and I started talking about it more, talking about, like, you know, what what could possibly happen, kind of what my goals were um, for for Akala as a character, because we had the, the, the vision with the ring. 
um, the Crimson Life, where um, those visions happen. And then we had the Jedi Temple test, where she like fully saw herself as like an evil, like Sith Jedi. Um, and then there was one turning point in this story where we kind of like, where we kind of we didn't make the decision, but we we did make the decision. Yeah. I think at one at one point, um, Rob texted all of us like if there were any plot points that we wanted to um, to go over before this was this was before we went into the cave. So this kind of tells you like a, a little peek behind the curtain that like we really thought it was going to end after the cave. Um, he told us like if there's any plot points you want to go over before we end this this campaign, let me know now and we can we can work it out. So. I thought about it for like a day. I was like, okay, so Oculus, this was like around episode 23, 24, mm. right after the, the bridge talk with Ellen Ocula. And I was like, okay, Ocula's arc kind of is really just centered around Elle right now. And I kind of, that's not very girl boss of me <laughs> for, my, <laughs> for my character yeah. to be centered around was the, the boy that she loves. Slightly desperate of Aqua. <laughs> Honestly, it's a little cringe. <laughs> it is a little cringe. And I, I wanted to fix that. So I I was Our thinking podcast of... doesn't pass the Bechdel test. <laughs> <laughs> um so I thought to myself, I was like, okay, how do I fix this? What is the one thing that Akula cares about more than L in this campaign? And the answer to that was soul. And so I was like, ah, well shit. Uh, we need to kill soul then. <laughs> We we need to soul needs to get broke. <laughs> That's such an interesting conclusion you, you drew from that. Yeah, I mean like what else was gonna like you know take her yeah. out of that besides leaving like like losing something else, the one thing she cares about more than her relationship with Elle. So I sent Rob this long ass voice message about like Oh yeah. We need to kill Soul, here's why. Like um, That's also another behind the scenes note is that, that- this didn't happen between me and any other character, but Ham would send me like voice memos like pretty regularly. No, so we Rob would, would just yeah. So we would exchange just like long voice memos all about Aqua, um, and then I would just <laughs> yeah, Mills. I would just you would just fucking text me, hey, um, which hand's your favorite? <laughs> I was like, why? I think the last time I communicated with Rob about the campaign, I was smoking a cigar and looking <laughs> and sitting outside. I miss you. Life's hard. <laughs> or, or I would text Rob things like, L and Akala can't be together. LOL. Han's going to get mad. <laughs> and I did. I sure did. And you did. <laughs> and you did. Yeah. No, um, I mean, I, I communicate with all of you at various points when, um, like, I need more information about who your character is. Oh, are. yeah. But, uh, but yeah, it's funny. I do communicate all of you um, very keen to your, to your personal styles, just asking ominous questions to those <laughs> and writing um, diatribes to to hand so there's an evolution that starts with with that audio message specifically because i think what i said in that audio message if i can find it i might play a clip of it in in here just for authenticity's sake um i wanted to present it i literally i think i said like i don't think Akala's gonna go dark side but i i don't want people to think she's not gonna go dark side so my proposal was that like, um, soul gets shattered, and then like the whole dark side thing—it's just a moment, like it's just a blip where like 
Soul gets shattered, and then Akala gets angry, and then she, like, violently kills whoever or whatever shattered soul. And then, like, is out of it by the time the, the battle's over. So then I think that got both Rob and I excited, because... Then I started making a whole character sheet for for Dark Side Akala. I started taking on Dark Side Force powers. We started setting up that stuff with Oko. We start like we we went into planning mode. So like at that point, like that storyline was very much like co-written both by me and Rob at that point. Um, and then so yeah, so we did like then we went to the cave. We did all the stuff, and then the secret that we left out amelia and brennan i don't know if you realize we left this part out but um when it actually came down to it in the actual battle when um l had just gotten dismembered in front of akala um i did not know what to do in the situation i was like very torn on whether this would snap akala back to reality or Oh, this... there goes gravity. <laughs> or, oh, there goes gravity. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, there <is> gravity. <laughs> um, and I was like, I don't, I don't fucking know what to do. And it's so funny because, like, going into the cave, I kept making jokes. I was like, guys, if Elle dies in here, Aqua's gone. She's gone forever. Um, you're never seeing her again, actually. Um, so when it, when it yeah, when... also putting me as the DM in a very hard spot where it's like <laughs> I had multiple people telling me if so and so dies that I were committing suicide, and I was just kind of like, well, I guess Not I'll just suicide, play with my dolls like... by myself. And... <laughs> um, yeah, now you should have thought of that before you played a collaborative tabletop yeah, exactly. game. Next time, just make a podcast by yourself, Rob. <laughs> You're gonna make anyone feel an emotion. Yeah. Um, so. Ella just gotten dismembered. I didn't know what to do. So what happened was we decided it would be a dice roll. Um, just a straight up D20, no modifiers, no nothing. Um, so I rolled the dice. I remember, I, I remember this so clearly. I rolled the dice. I reacted to it, but I didn't say what the number was. And before I said what the number was, Brennan said, can I, can I use a help action to give advantage? like role persuasion and uh so that whole speech that rama made in like that beautiful speech in that episode was oh, thank you was brennan trying to give me advantage on that like future defining role which i think is so cool um which you still what happened was the craziest thing about it all I rolled, I rolled again after that was done because Brennan rolled high enough to give me advantage on the roll. Um, the first number I rolled before advantage, it was a two. The second number I rolled was also a two. <laughs> so the <laughs> dice said, fuck you, Akala's gonna be dark side and you, ha- you can't say anything about it. Yeah. And that's how it happened. So like, it's, it's a mix of both like, I don't know, just being on the same wavelength of like storytelling and like storylines and all this, but also like a little bit of pre-planning some of this like uh, important events. So like yeah. it was very all over the place. Um, the only thing I want to add to that is like 
as a DM, it definitely felt like Akala was getting more and more unhinged. <laughs> oh <laughs> like, yeah, for sure. As as like the more time you spent around L, so like before the cave, I was kind of like. That was partially natural, and that was partially um, Mills having visited me for like a week and us just talking about it nonstop and it making me crazy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was, it's interesting though. Like, I think it's a pretty big decision to like flip your alignment in any game, even if it's like just temporary. But like in the context of Star Wars, like it's, it's like so much like more of a problem when you're living in this like yeah you know i very aristocratic like uh like high discipline society that's like really like watching to see if you become <clears throat> evil you know mm -hmm. yeah i also think it's very interesting to like me as a player because i think L is one of very small number of characters, maybe the only one, but definitely very low, if not, uh, that would not <laughs> be tempted to the dark side, like, at all. And I was so frustrated this whole time, because I was like, obviously, I think going to the dark side is very sexy and fun, and Han <laughs> seemed like she was having a very fun time I was. while Aqua was suffering, and I also love <laughs> making my character suffer, but that was just such an interesting thing to opposite like mm -hmm. the longer akala spends with l the more like unhinged she becomes and like this great torment in her soul and i'm just sitting here like i can't make him worse <laughs> actually like he's fine he's just such a good boy like this is how like he would react to these things and there's it's the just yeah, right. But even before the Bendu, it was just like, like, ah, oh, yeah, this is awkward, but I love Aqua. She's probably got it handled because she's always got it handled. And by the time you realize you did not have it handled, <laughs> you really did not have it handled. <laughs> and he was a little unconscious at the time. Yeah. So um, it's like, it's so interesting because like, again, I made her to be this very, literally, I put a fucking sunshine on her arm to fight people with a literal fucking shield. Uh, <laughs> and like, she's the one, like, we ended up going full fucking circle. Um, <laughs> yeah, like, the original pitch of, like, Captain America vibes, <laughs> like, fighting for justice and peace, was thrown out of the window as soon as you were like, oh, well, this character's going to be in love. Like, oh, uh, <laughs> yeah. well, there goes that. Like, <laughs> um, And, like, the actual... I have that effect on people. <laughs> the aftermath like said, of... You can fix them. Understated drama queen. You can fix them. I can make them the worse. of the characters. <laughs> Um, no, seriously. I'm so good at it. <laughs> the uh, the aftermath of that episode, I remember we, like, it was so, like, I was so energized in the moment just from the, like, adrenaline and nervousness from all of it. Um, but as soon as we were done, because we had to, like, talk about it for, like, half an hour after we were done recording, all, all four of us, because we're like, what the fuck are we going to do now? Um, I remember <laughs> after we hopped off that call, I, like, I immediately just, like, went and laid on my bed and I was like, oh shit, this actually fucking sucks, actually. <laughs> this is so sad because like, at the time- Heartbreaking girl has to face the consequences of her own decisions. consequences of my own actions. Girl Who could have known? too close to the sun. Um, <laughs> too close to the sun. Um, but <laughs> I was convinced for a long time, for like at least a few weeks afterward, I think that like, I was gonna have to give her up, like, fully to rob to become a villain because i thought like that was going to be the only like 
way that her actions actually did count for something. I, I thought that was going to be the only thing that actually, like, because I thought, like, if we chose any other way, it was going to, like, make the stakes not real, which is, like, similar to, like, my feelings for, like, the Marvel Universe. They kill characters for, like, a, an emotional second, and then they come back in the next movie, like, what the fuck? Um, so I didn't, like, I didn't want those stakes to be lost. And so I, like, I was fully, like, convinced for a while that I had, like, fully lost her. Um, well, there was, there was always that option. Like, I think we talked about, like, do mm-hmm. you want to make a new character and have Akala be, like, completely out of commission for you? Or do you want to, like, try to get her redeemed? Or like- No, yeah, we, we definitely went over the options. But, like, it was just, like, me and my brain being, like, we have to, we have to do, we, I have to lose her because otherwise none of it's going to matter. Um, but, yeah, I think the way we handled it, because, like, Akala ended up being, like, gone for, like, ten episodes. I, I think that, I think that really cemented it. Because, like, Fully for months, I didn't play any, like, Aqua at all as the episodes were being released. Um, and so that's also partially why, like, in Aqua's episode, I made it very clear um, when Rob and I were planning it. I was like, this needs to be a slog. This needs to be tough. This needs to be, like, she needs to be beaten down. She needs to be upset. She needs <laughs> that's to be... Wh- that's why I made you join the army. <laughs> Literally, yeah. Like, I... I, <laughs> I, s- I, I sent your ass to boot camp like a troubled teen. <laughs> um, <laughs> Military school. Well, so, I already had Easy Company established as, like, a known military force that works with the public. So I was like, I'll just fucking send her to that. Yeah. And that, yeah. But anyway... So yeah, I, I like I wanted to make sure it definitely was an earned redemption and not like, oh, she's she's hanging out for two episodes and then she's gonna be back for the final thing. No, it, it ended up working out really well. Yeah. And I'm I'm very happy with, with how it all ended up. But um yeah, I think I answered all the questions that were in this paragraph of questions. That that's basically the whole story of her, um, and how it all developed. Um so, yeah. Excellent. Anyone else, Wonderful anyone else have any thoughts on any of that? Uh, I My thought is that we have 40 minutes left and we've gotten through two questions. I know. That's probably the longest question. Um, I think so, And too, I, yeah. I think a couple of these are probably uh, repeats, so we're, we're, we're fine. Um, okay. Next question for Rob specifically. How many different places did you take inspiration from? The Midgar inspiration was probably my favorite one that I noticed, but I was curious about what other pieces of media you took inspiration from. Oh boy. Okay. So you guys are going to get a crash course to the popular media that I like to consume. Um, so yeah, pretty much every place in this campaign was, uh, at least in terms of vibe and like intention based off of like some place from some sort of media or just like a concept that I like. So yeah, for mid Midgar, for people that don't know is the, the name of the like industrialized city in, uh, final fantasy seven. Um, so I guess like kind of going like in order of appearance, um, I very much like the vibe of the Power and Lights district was inspired by um, Cyberpunk's Night City, like all neoned out, um, like very um, like debaucherous in some ways, in some ways like very inspiring and kind of like communal, but like future cyberpunk sort of city. Um and then obviously like, I took a lot of inspiration from like known places in Star Wars, like, like the Jedi Temple um, and like the geography around it. And like the geography, of course, in general, was all just kind of made up. Um, 
to fit the purpose of like having three distinct locations for you guys to move around in like three distinct areas of like temple and like imperial grounds and then like rich part of town more like downtown sort of area um and that's why there's the three different districts um and then uh let's see um yeah, the Starlight Bar um, and all of that was very much also based on like Night City sort of locations. Um, and then Velterakid's Estate is literally just a Resident Evil uh, game like house. It was just like, okay, it's a murder horror house with cybernetic slash genetic mutated creatures. Going to be hella spooky. It's going to be a mix between laboratory and like ornate um, architecture. Um, also, I realized that I basically like level designed in some ways, like like a Souls game, um, mostly in the sense that I would put break rooms every so often in whatever facility you guys <laughs> were in, so you could take short rests. Um, and I, that wasn't super intentional. It was just like we would get to points where it's like there was just a lot of scientific and industrial facilities that just had office space. Um, it's like the back rooms, um, just these liminal spaces for you guys to rest in. Uh, but that concept was very much taken from that. Um, what else? Um, those are kind of like the big ones. Um, oh, like I guess like the the dragon fight um, or the dragon snake fight underneath the Power and Lights district was inspired um, both by the Mines of Moria and also the Watcher in the Water from outside of uh, the Mines of Moria, like that kind of vibe of like the still dark water and like a beast lurking within it and like being in these caves. Um, that's pretty much all that comes to mind. I mean, there's just like a lot of like little references sprinkled throughout um, that like I'm sure if I like combed through there I could find a lot but um there's like also it's 3D lot... game, game over obviously <laughs> uh <laughs> yeah like old Davy's suit is an accidental <laughs> Spy Kids 3 rip Spy Kids 3 uh, <laughs> fuck me um uh I guess this is this sort of counts this isn't really places but um Diego Nevada's personality is very much based off of Inigo Montoya um, from The Princess Bride, um, which mm. hopefully like came across pretty well. Kind of a goofy Spaniard, um, like Ernest. Especially but... the part wanting to bang the Mandalorian. Yeah. The, uh... the Princess Bride too. The... <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Um, and like the, I'm yeah, like I said, like I a lot of it was a lot of this is uh a, an artistic expression in the sense that like however i was feeling and like what i was resonating with at the time that i was sort of planning each phase is communicated um kind of in the setting and the tone so those are the big ones um yeah i feel like that's pretty common for dms to take inspiration from whatever show or whatever game they're playing recently for yeah their, for their stuff um, and that's valid because uh, all art is derivative from everything. Um, <laughs> uh, next question for everyone. Favorite standout uh, moment from the season? God, that's a hard one. I have one. I just, like, it's not really one, I guess, but like, um, uh, Akala and Rama's relationship was like very sweet. It was like very yeah. good. Um, <laughs> and I think my favorite like moment from that is actually not a, a sweet moment is actually like 
in the cave. Like I had just been thinking about this recently. Um, in the cave right after the fight was done, and Akala and Rama have a shouting match <laughs> at each other. <laughs> I remember, like that was. I'm holding guns too, by the way. <laughs> yeah, no, that whole that it, like it was really quick. It was. Yeah, I remember that. It was a it was a really quick moment, but like. Brennan and I were on our feet, fucking just like yelling at each other. Um, and then Elle punched Akala in the neck and downed her. But like, it was a, I don't know. I really, that, that was like a really very electric moment for me, at least. See, oh, I, yeah, I I've got two. I punch out Akala. <laughs> it was a very, yeah, it was very like uh, Akala and Rama start shouting and then Elle just fucking takes care of the problem. I think of my my favorite ones. I really loved the uh, I really loved the letter at the end of it um, of Akla to 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 L and everything that transpired around that. I think that was some of the best storytelling that we have ever done as a as a gang of four. So um, that was I mean, that was beautiful. Uh, the other one I loved uh, L's yes ending <laughs> whenever also in the cave. When we got separated from Akala. Yeah, um, that whole, like, like was that was great. Yeah. And it was like, you know, it was like, ooh, is this foreshadowing? It was! Um, but <laughs> <laughs> when El and Rama were were trapped on one side of this uh, wall, and the rest of, uh, and then, and, uh, sorry, El and Akala, Rama and El were trapped on one side of a wall, and Akala was trapped on the other and we had that fight, and I think that was an excellent job of of improv acting and yes, ending and emotional turmoil that worked extremely well, and also foreshadowed Akala's uh, arc since she was literally physically separated. Yeah, so, isn't and... it crazy how Akala <laughs> descended into the underworld and fell into darkness and got Wild. separated from the light and then the, fell? The funny thing about that scene in specific um, was when you guys kept trying to move the rocks <laughs> out of the way and <laughs> then Rob like, no, jumped she... more rocks <laughs> between everyone. Like, she's gone. Like... <laughs> Just move on. <laughs> yeah. I that was uh, funny. But I was also very sweet of like there's kind of an earnest desperation there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Other um, other uh, favorite standouts of the season. I, I just want to point out that one also ended with L. Uh, that was L shoving me. So <laughs> that that yeah, it's okay when L shoves also... Rama, but it's not okay when Aqua shoves Rama. Okay. God forbid women do anything. <laughs> Feminine rage. Am I right? Um. <laughs> Standout moment for me is just a me moment. Sorry, y'all. Uh, but uh, when when I first learned about the ghost, because <laughs> I didn't write any of that. Like again, Elsbacks, where I was like, yeah, I was, like fought someone and fell off a cliff, and then all of a sudden, Rob makes this like random thing and it like expands it into all of these. Stakes that we've into. I was absolutely delighted as a player because you know me, you know I love that shit. Yeah. But I was like, but like you told me that, and I was trying to process it. And the only way that I could, and the only way that made sense for L was <laughs> there's a ghost trying to steal my bones. <laughs> but I was just like, literally, what the fuck? <laughs> it was great. Twelve out of ten. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm glad that you enjoyed that so much because true, like. 
there's a lot of this campaign that happened because I was just like, time to make some stuff up, like, because we've got gaps to fill. And and you did this crazy thing where you gave me such an interesting backstory with so little information about, like, how or why it happened. So I was like, well, time to, like, figure out why Elle, like, went missing or died and, like, why all that happened. And so, yeah, like, I introduced the fact that there was this, like, force ghost in this Cathar. And then I was like, oh, no. Oh, I didn't plan any of that. <laughs> how is that gonna make sense? How are we gonna make that into something? <laughs> and so then I like sat down and like actually like wrote out like what that was, and I was like, "Well, fuck, this is now gonna be forty episodes." Um, it, it didn't it click was a for me of that, and then Aquila falling. But yeah, it, it didn't click for me that Cornelius couldn't find L. Because he, L was literally buried in the fucking ground with a tree over him. That took. I realized that in the middle of the of the finale. I was like, "Oh shit, that's why he couldn't fucking find him because he was in the fucking ground." Wild. Yeah. <laughs> it was great. <laughs> yeah. Rob, do you have a favorite moment? Um, oh, gosh, there's okay. So there's a couple great ones. I'm gonna mention a few just quickly. Um, the bridge scene. Um. That conversation uh, was really amazing. Um, And then, like, the final product of, like, the storm in the background was very ominous. So loved that. Um, Really liked, um, like, we already said, the, the, like, shouting match between Rama and Mills I thought was a super powerful scene. I felt, like, developed a ton of, like, that relationship seemingly like very quickly and like as a dm i was like whoa like that was a really impressive like improv scene where like these characters got upset with each other and like expressed a lot through that um i thoroughly enjoyed killing every single character um (laughs) sorry about it um but i enjoyed doing it because you guys got really attached to all of them in very like tangible ways that like made their deaths feel like momentous and like that like you all like took them very well in terms of like how your characters responded to them um i remember at one point i was like do not kill cecil like i will not have a fun (laughs) i didn't think i don't know if you ever had it planned but i do remember telling you specifically i was like if you kill cecil i will be mad and i won't even be like fun D &D mad i will be (laughs) upset yeah yeah no cecil um is too important to me as a person to die um no but like killing rosie was kind of like a big turn uh, it's like the first time i ever killed like an npc before like ever um i super loved the whole fight with the gay super trooper cyborgs in the mansion where you guys mm-hmm. primed a bunch of mines and threw it up with them <laughs> um little fun fact about that um definitely only planned for you to fight one cyborg super mutant but i can't just let you like completely obliterate an entire fight (laughs) that i had planned so i had one more come out and then that secret third one in the back (laughs) (laughs) um but was incredibly dope and i was like wow uh that's it was probably the most impressive singular like turn or like a round of D that i've seen is just like setting all that up mm-hmm. and then uh the whole monkey transformation is probably my all-time fave um just the reaction to that was like so genuinely like 
Like, you guys all looked at me like I was so cursed. (laughs) (laughs) It was very fun. That leads me into the next question, which is, what was the story slash character moment that surprised you the most? That's definitely up there for one of them. Yeah, (laughs) for sure up there. (laughs) Like, wow. Uh, It was so fun creating Aaron's voice for for uh, that episode to try to make him because I like I think we were all freaked the fuck out in in the moment just like the final literally what the fuck the final was just my thought every every moment yeah the the final product ended up creepy but literally just hearing the lines that Rob was delivering raw was even crazier like the the happy birthday song what the fuck dude (laughs) yeah especially because like we didn't know anything about Aaron we didn't know if Aaron was gonna be evil yeah or like creepy or like possessed by a ghost with an affinity for bones <laughs> yeah literally yeah. that one was crazy so part of why i love that and this is this it's one of the things that was i think the most painful for me with how the season changed but is the best final product of it so i intended like that transformation of him getting the orb back to happen originally very quickly after you guys finished your stuff underneath the power and lights. Like you were originally, I was going to play for you guys to immediately jump into a space battle and deal with the hive. But because of Akala falling and El getting their hand cut off and like all of that, like we needed like to take a breath and that breath like prolonged the like acquiring of the orb for such a long time that like it allowed me to pepper in foreshadowing for that moment for so long like truly the entire campaign sort of like was leading up to that moment of monkey like evolving and uh you guys were always sort of suspicious of rosie and monkey a little bit like with the weird lights which you eventually realizes the orb um and then like him having sith self like stealth technology um which now like it's awesome because aaron is like still legitimately so spooky because he can change how his appearance and go invisible (laughs) and those two things in combination are incredibly strong you can think about like how insane your life would be if you could go invisible in plain sight completely change what you look like and then just reappear somewhere else like you could get into anywhere like without any problems like aaron is an insane character but uh he is the next villain (laughs) i did think about that and i was like (laughs) it's like to a different box we're just gonna store that yeah that's wild um for another uh character moment that really surprised me was bronze in akala's episode bronze literally threatened to end akala's life which took me so off guard in the moment and like i i look back at that moment i won't don't on this for super long but i i look back at that moment when bronze said that to akala and i was like that could have been the one moment where Akla talked back and like we still could have seen like that there was still some darkness in her. But like I was genuinely so caught off guard by Bronze again, 
threatening to end Akala's life. <laughs> well, you were acting like a little shit. I like was. you were like, you were like, oh, like I can and will he kill pushed you. Me. He should suffer. You're like, it was just like, you're like you're in boot camp for ostensibly like misusing your powers, and like the first thing you do when you get a little bit bullied is like, I'm gonna use my force to trip them. And Bronze yeah. is like, it's like, listen here, you little fucking shit. Like if you do that, like your ass is grass. Yeah, that, that was crazy. I thought what you were gonna bring up with Bronze is the his whole backstory that on Cosmian Prime and stuff. That too. Which I think is probably my gonna be my answer to a later question, so we can table that for, for now. Um Yeah, but Bronze is an interesting character and I enjoyed threatening your life. Um <laughs> uh, Rama, any what's it, what, did you have a favorite uh like surprising character moment? Uh I would have to say the appearance of mix and match. Oh. Um, yeah. I was not ex- because like in the back of my head I feel like I knew in my heart of hearts that of course there's going to have to be a, <laughs> an intern character <laughs> it kind of came out there by bad. Yeah, I, uh, um, I cut it out of from Boston. <laughs> I know that's the problem. That's why it needs to stop. I so I, I knew that there had to Boston be an accent character. slips out. Rob is calling out Brennan for stolen valor. <laughs> <laughs> stolen valor. Um, um, but I, I knew that. You know, there had to be an interim character, but for some reason, I just didn't internalize that. And so, whenever you actually showed up. I was like, what? Yeah, I I cut it out of the episode, but uh, whenever Mick showed up and started talking to Rama, Brennan had like a full brain malfunction. <laughs> like, he was like, what? What's going on? It's Fucking funny. Blue screen, dude. <laughs> I did not care for Mix when Mix joined. Like, <laughs> I was like, this is an Akala. I want Akala, actually. <laughs> I purposefully made mix to be a complete opposite of Akala, but I also have more to talk about with mix later, so I will table that. Yeah. Um they grew on me, but great. Um players, are there any backstory moments that you didn't get the chance to have on the show that you'd like people to know about? Um I will start. Um we pretty much covered every fucking square inch of of Akala's backstory. Um the one thing that I um, really wanted to get in that I did manage to get in uh, to the to the finale was that Auckland, like could feel El's death from from across the galaxy. Oh yeah, I like registered that like after the fact when you said that I was like, oh whoa, like that's awesome. Um, yeah, I wrote that in my backstory, so you you had that information from the start. I I thought you yeah, meant like and I specifically meant, told like, me about like from like kind of like a oh like something's like i feel a disturbance in the forest i didn't know that you meant like you physically felt like her body break yeah that was actually a word choice i made in the moment so that's just (laughs) that's just what came out so it was an excellent choice told me about that and i was like damn that's crazy (laughs) hope you feel better soon (laughs) (laughs) literally (laughs) but yeah so we we covered literally everything of uh, of Akala. Happy for you. Sorry that happened. I ain't reading all that. <laughs> <I ain't> reading <laughs> all that. <laughs> oh my god, you guys crack me up. Um, yeah, as I've already established that um, L had a very lengthy and thorough backstory. Um, I think the only thing that I wanted to do but didn't get a chance to do um, was go back to. Uh, the planet that L came from, which it never really established, but um, 
is that that because oh so it's kind of interesting i had one backstory set for l and then i switched it i think partially in relationship to the uh partially in response to the relationship with akala and then as i was developing other things it's like okay well this doesn't make sense or this like it wouldn't work um but the you know l grew up like in an orphanage and from a relatively young age as most jedi are was taken in by master cornelius but also like part of l's long mixed feelings about the jedi was that like that part of his life was entirely cut off and yeah that was kind of it's kind of sad yeah um I, I do think it was right choice though. I don't think there was anywhere where that would have fit in. But yeah, so that's the thing is yeah. like I there, I did think about like we could make a pit stop at that planet. Um, yeah, I think that's like a thing that like is probably yeah. I, I just like I even now I'm not even really sure how I would have incorporated it. It would have been I also, cool to see that, but yeah, I also again I think that was the correct choice. I don't think you could have incorporated it without adding like six episodes to yeah. like do that but yeah just as like fun little fun little things you gotta leave them wanting more sometimes you, you really do and then you have to uh make a Q&A episode so that <laughs> way they actually want nothing else because you've satiated every possible question mm. that you can fit into an hour and a half is there anything that was from your backstory that you didn't uh didn't get into the season <sighs> you know like I was say, I think it all got in there. I kind of wish there was more of a lore dump type situation in there because it it did all get in there, mm-hmm. but it got in there in such, you know, piecemeal sporadic. Uh, you know, there's different moments. So I'd be like, oh, God, I killed the Forge Master. <laughs> I had a lost long love. <laughs> My parents were killed. Like, I think the, the, the Rama backstory was revealed in like six different... <laughs> increments um depending on who he was talking to so it, i really strongly believe it all got revealed i really do um but considering it got revealed at 20 percent at a time uh 20 hours apart between i wonder if it's completely clear it's mysterious but, yeah. it adds to the, the mystique <laughs> of yeah, kind of the, yeah um but it definitely all got you know all got on there i think so i I would say it was done as well as uh, as well as I could have hoped for it. I will say I think that like you did have some of the cooler moments like interacting with like your own backstory when it came up because like that like sort of mystique and like distance that you placed between Rama and sort of his past like made it really impactful when he did see like the spirit of Sezia and like is like knows she's not real but is having his mind played with and then like you know also like his desire to retire and like how that's sort of like a reflection of like his growth as a person, like trying to move away from his past. Like, yeah, I think it was, I think you had a cool relationship with your backstory. And uh, thank thank you. I think, I think another thing that worked really well with the backstory was you definitely gave me a lot of moments to live it. I mean, the ghost says you definitely <laughs> really threw that in there to, to make me live uh, what I wrote on the page. And uh, that certainly helped. Excellent. Well, maybe we should uh, rapid fire some of these uh, last uh, questions. Yeah. Then... Um, so this next one, we pretty much already covered, unless Rob, you want to do this one. Um, the it, How did the arc of the campaign change? We kind of already talked about that. Yeah. Um, 
it basically just got longer um, and more complicated as Pete, as we started kind of filling out the details. Um, and so it started very contained and coherent and then ballooned out from there. And that's basically it. And then the rest of it is just kind of like, you know, different drafts get written, things mm-hmm. change. Um, um, yeah. Favorite NPC for everyone? Cecil. And Cor- Kobe Cornelius is a close second. I love them, but I just, I love Cecil so much. <laughs> I gotta go with old Davey. I have to. I mean, I I wrote him into my 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 epilogue. That was that wasn't even Rob saying, "Hey, Brendan, no, it'd be cool." That was me being like, "No matter what happens, yeah. he has to be in here." <laughs> Brendan um, said with his whole chest in the document, he said to me, "Old Davey appears as a force ghost." Did not ask if that was something that could happen. <laughs> Didn't know for sure. God. It was just like I, I know like, Davey's not- a force ghost, and I want him to come and speak to me. And I was like, "Yes, sir." My pleasure. He may not be force sensitive, but he, he <laughs> Ram is not. I, he, he, I'm sure he was. I don't know. But Listen, we're doing it. I, I think I, I do have hidden Davy lore. Actually, that's for that's a different time though. Um, um uh, my my favorite NPC. Uh, I have two. Monkey for sure. Um, because at the beginning of the campaign, I was like, Rob, if you do not give us a companion droid, I will be so disappointed. Um, and he delivered and it was great. Um, other one, Maxi, just because of the whole arc that Maxi had went from most hated NPC to I love you like a brother at the end. So good. So, so, so good. Um, Next question. Rob, how much Star Wars lore did you know going into this? And how much of canon lore affected what you made? Um, I personally love the story because it felt like a classic D&D tale set in the Star Wars universe as opposed to just a Star Wars story on its own. Um, How much of the lore did I know going into the Star Wars before this? Um, You know, like a very low percentage. Like I would say that I'm probably privy to like generously, like probably like 25 maybe percent of like the full like star wars lore of like all of the there's a lot of star running. wars lore though there's yeah. a ton of star wars lore so 25 percent, I, I think is still pretty good yeah. and like that we're talking yeah, like i mean we're talking like rough edges like that's a rough 25 <laughs> but it's also like i mean there's video games there's like what like two dozen video games and then got your 12 movies three tv series four tv series is and then who knows how many books so you know, <laughs> this this is what I'll say though. The lore that was really important to me was like the big picture lore of like uh, like when we hit major like periods in the galaxy, and I I knew that I wanted to play in a time that basically didn't have a lot of written lore about it, so that we could be the most flexible about the events that take place. And since it's kind of like a not well remembered point of Republic history it's like anything could happen and a lot of bullshit that probably should have been written down happened in this campaign. Um, but so I knew from the start that like I could ignore a lot of like canon that did exist because it, I knew it wouldn't conflict. Um, and yeah, and then I like, like the Bendu is real. Um, the Asha and the Bogan are real. The lore behind those planets and those moons is real. Um, to be, to be clear, we're not saying canon, we're saying real here. Yes, so real. There's... They exist. <laughs> you yes, can the go Bendu there. is out there and has uh, spoken to Amelia <laughs> directly, actually. 
I want a shirt mm-hmm. that says the Bendu is real on it. Um, <laughs> I want to believe. Yeah, uh, <laughs> the, the lore of the lore of the Infinite Empire is real. Uh, Telemax is not. Um, the Qua are real. Um, them being on Rhodia is not. Um, the descriptions of the planets and stuff was all taken directly from the Wikipedia stuff. Um, so yeah, for like a lot of like the details, of, like where you guys were, like I kept the lore pretty consistent. But um, in terms of, like, the inner political war or, like, the inner political histories and stuff and, like, the, like, different wars that were going on, I kind of didn't want to engage with that. So um, I don't know that much compared to the whole body of the lore, but I know enough to kind of do the whole campaign. So draw your own conclusions about how much I know. Um, fact check me on anything, but um, – Thing, I think I said the very first episode, like, I don't really care if I get the lore wrong because it's our story anyway. So it's like, um, true. and I still say by that sentiment. So uh, that's, that's the answer to that. Cool. Uh, last an- or last question I have written down here is for me specifically. Um, I know you only RP'd two characters for a very brief time in this season, but would you ever run two characters in either a podcast game or an off mic game? Would anyone else on the cast consider running multiple PCs or have they done this in the past? So... I took my situation as kind of a one in a million type thing because how many times do you get a second character in a campaign when your first one didn't actually die? Um, I I treated it very carefully. I very much wanted to mix to be a pretty polar opposite to Akala, um from the start, and I think I accomplished that pretty well. Very unattached, very, like... Not unemotional, but, like, just very chill, very, like, happy-go-lucky. Because um, I just, I needed a change of pace from Akala being just so depressed all the time. Um, I really, like, it It was tough, especially in the last fight. Like, we didn't, once Akala got into the fight at the very end, we were pretty much mostly done with the fight. So I didn't have to, like... I didn't have to do that much with both of them on the battlefield, but also Mix is also multi multi-classed. So I had I was keeping track of three different classes at one time in uh in that one fight. So it was a lot. I wrote like a whole fucking cheat sheet for all three. Um so that was tough. I I don't know if I would recommend it because I like it's pretty obvious that I could not spend like I couldn't dedicate the same amount of time to Mix that I did with Akala, and so I, I feel like I cheated Mix a little bit, especially with, like, my um, my epilogue and everything. I never even really wrote a proper backstory for Mix, um, so props to Rob for making that work in the moment. Um, yeah, it was just pretty clearly, like, we needed a filler character for a while, and, like, Mix ended up really great, Um yeah, I was but gonna it, say it like I want I kind of want to defend Mix a little bit no, here. Yeah. I liked <laughs> I yeah. liked Mix a lot, and I also think that you did a good, very good job like making them feel not only integrated into the world but also like a part of the community um, of like the other characters and also like have a role to play. Like I think like you did a very good job as Mix. I don't want you to, to beat yourself up on that. Thank you. I I like I don't think I did bad. I just wish I could have done like more with that. Yeah. Um, and I'm like. I don't know. Mix and match is just very cute for a for a little D and D duo. I just like that yeah. that concept a lot. God, it does write itself, doesn't it? We did a, <laughs> a mix and match like comic spinoff or something. Yeah. Oh my god, uh. I fucking love them. Um, 
but yeah, also it was... the Adventures of the Rose Knights, Rama, Aaron, and Digo. Yes. <laughs> um, I like what would the tone of that be? I would wonder. Like wacky and wild. chaotic. Yeah. Eighties eighties <laughs> action movie. What do you mean? <laughs> Just the most over the top uh, shit. Um, Guardians of the Galaxy, basically. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I like. I would really only ever recommend it if like. It's absolutely needed, probably. Um, I don't know if anyone feels differently about that, but I, um, I've i only ever heard of that ever happening once with one of my friends who was a DM. He was like asking me for advice because one of his players um, like had a character die, but then, then I guess the party resurrected it. So um, at, at some point this player had two characters and the DM didn't really like that he had two characters so he's like hannah what do i do and i was like i don't fucking know i think i i think i recommended because it was two um i forget exactly what species they were in D D. it was regular D D. um i think they were both like animal species so i recommended that he like merge them into one character <laughs> i don't know if that happened he seemed interested in that idea so uh i maybe that happened i don't know um... But, some oh. some some DMing insight, I guess, on the split character thing, because like I wasn't yeah. necessarily super keen on it either. Like, and part of the reason we ended up choosing this route is because uh, we knew that, like, I guess I knew that Akalo, like, straight up was not going to be in the game, which means that you would be be spending very little time playing mm-hmm. both of them, and I don't think I would let a single character walk around in the party with two players essentially i mean like just like for an extended period of campaign because you're kind of giving them like double the play time yeah. and attention i guess it's mm-hmm. a, and it's like a little bit unfair that this player is like dominating but like yeah yeah in, any case. Um, in a home game i was in a pretty similar situation as your friend my character died and i lit- got disintegrated bt dubs oh so uh <laughs> And uh, my DM was like, oh, do you want to bring her back? And I was like, she's disintegrated. She can't come back. <laughs> and he was like, but do you like want to play Yara again? And I was like, yes, I love her so much because I already had a character die that campaign from a finger of death and she became a zombie. Anywho, while we were on the quest to save the first to save the character who got disintegrated and because we had to find someone who could cast true resurrection, it's a ninth level spell. So it's a whole thing. I uh, played an NPC that had already existed that was kind of had the hot strike. Oh, my God. Sorry. I'm thinking about that campaign. Now. I'm having a lot of old feelings. Um, but yeah, I thought that was like a good way to handle it because uh, like I think that's like an, an alternative if someone has that option, because it's like you have a character who's kind of established. You don't feel the pressure to like need to like make a backstory or anything. And then it was understood, though, that once I got back to playing my character, the DM takes the NPC and they kind of go off. Um, I would never play two characters at the same time if I ever thought I would have to do a conversation where I'm talking to myself. That is my <laughs> least favorite thing about DMing and I hate it so much. I really wanted to sneak in some sort of... Um, Amelia, you and I are just a meme of like opposite <laughs> DMs. Because <laughs> um, I, I love talking to myself. <laughs> <laughs> I hate it because that's like, oh my god, I'm just saying words and I have to keep talking and it's like, Ugh, see, I was and like, I was uh. able to use it to my advantage in the finale because I, <laughs> I had Mix talk to Akala about what happened, but I didn't like I was able to control exactly how much Akala knew about the whole situation without having to use yeah. anyone else and like 
you know, having a, a goal for uh, for that Elanocla conversation. But I also, like, I wanted to, I wish we could have gotten a little scene with both Akala and Mix. I, like, my original idea for the jewelry that Akala made for Ellen Rama um, was to have Mix help her make it, but that, that just didn't happen uh, because of timeline reasons. But, um, yeah, it's tough. It's It's hard to do. I wouldn't recommend it, but Mix was a very great addition to to the whole to the whole campaign all right well i think that's all the questions we have for today thank you all so much for submitting questions yeah we definitely Uh, didn't get to all of them because again we've already been recording for an hour and a half and we didn't even cover all the ones that are on here um but thank you for everyone for submitting questions i know there are a couple of you that submitted more than one and like a few um so thank you. We apologize if your questions didn't get answered. Um, if any of us, namely Rob and or me or whatever, decide to record any extra content for just to talk about shit because we still have shit to talk about because there's so much shit to talk about, um, that'll show up probably sometime between uh, now and season four. But um, it's as- literally so easy to get me to talk about the war <laughs> of this campaign, like truly. Um. But other than that, yeah, we are going to be off until end of January, where you can expect a season four trailer, hopefully, by the end of January. Um, oh, I actually have an idea about that. But Oh, okay. Hey, 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 my, my birthday is in January. So you should- <laughs> When's your birthday? My birthday is oh, wait, next no, week, on, Don't tell me, don't tell me. <laughs> don't tell me. Don't tell me, Rob. Your birthday is... I have it. It's on the 19th. Hey, yes, it is. <laughs> it's um, also uh, Edgar Allan Poe's birthday. Aww. It's also my granny's birthday. That explains so much. Yeah? <laughs> what does it explain? <laughs> that's that's it. That's no, it. no. I'm just, I'm just leaving it, it there. You got to explain. <laughs> Brendan said, this looks like a motherfucker with the sepulchre. No, no. That's that's all I'm That's all I'm saying, Home Slice. It's, it's, that's it. <laughs> That's 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 it. That's all she wrote. That's all she didn't write. And if someone were to write, that's all they'd be writing. That's you know? murder she wrote. Yep. Um, Does anybody else hear a heartbeat under their floorboards? <laughs> <laughs> I've got carpet in my room, so I like out of luck. Um, but yeah, that's all we've got for you guys today. Thank you for uh, loving season three so much. We hope you love it just as much as we do. Um, truly, like one of my favorite stories I've ever told. Um, or I've ever helped tell. Um, and yeah, that's it. Uh, we will see you next month for season four. Bye. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.